hit the record button here for everybody. And so, hey everybody, it's Rob Ridley from National Fire Radio. We're out here live in Salt Lake City at station number eight. I'm going to go around the table and just do some quick introductions with everybody. On my right, I have Val Tomitz, uh, Salt Lake City Fire. I'm actually the vice president of Local 81 here as well. Uh, Brock Ayers, Salt Lake City Fire, firefighter. Trucky man, come on. <laughs> and a truckie. Brock's one of the new guys, everybody. He's, he's a station millennial, so we're gonna, he's doing a great job, and we just want to encourage him on the, on the show today. And Captain Channing Jones. Engineer Becky Hall. I'm Todd Harwood. I'm a truckie. Mm. Firefighter Brad Withers, soon to be paramedic. Uh, firefighter John Stevens, uh, proud truckie, and uh, firefighter director, local 81. Nice, awesome. Well, thanks for having me here, guys. It's been a, it's a, guys and girls. It's an awesome experience and opportunity to be out here. Uh, one of the things that we like to do on National Fire Radio is talk about everybody's first time. The joke is that everybody remembers their first time. And uh, so, like going around the table, what was like the first fire you had or the first real job? But you you know kind of got in there and it was it was snotty, you know, just. Well, uh, starting out, my my first fire job was uh, with a town just south of us, a little bit South Jordan. Um, I'm a second generation firefighter. My dad was a firefighter in uh, Everett, Washington. Uh, got injured up there and had to retire, but uh, would always talk about the job. And so I was just, I'm, you know, from day one, I wanted to do that as far, far back as I can remember watching uh, DeSoto engage and all that. I, I grew up around that. Uh, my first uh, actual fire was in 1992. Um, we worked for a part-time, somewhat volunteer department at the time. And so we were responding from home, uh, got the page for a house fire. It was the first one down. We would drive to the station, uh, you know, load up and, and head out. We arrived on a, a single story with a daylight basement behind, um, fully involved in the back, and stretched a line in there. We've, we got reports there were people inside. And we were uh, kind of manpower short, so I ended up stepping in the back, uh, sliding glass doors that were gone at the time. They had already blown out, but uh, by myself, waiting for my backup to follow the hose line up and, and get in there with me. Got in about five, 10 feet, and the heat three. put me right on the floor. BDA. I remembered that's what you're supposed to do, not walk into it. Um, ended up BDA. cooking myself pretty good in there, melting my helmet, melting my face shield. Uh, had second degree burns on the back Charlie. of my ears. Um, and fire like that I'd never seen before. It was everywhere, so just hunkered down and starts spraying and uh, we got it knocked out in the, the basement proceeded to search what we could and ended up finding two fatalities in there uh, teenagers and uh, throughout the remainder of the fire working through the overhaul and everything we found three more people in there so my very first fire had five fatalities in it and uh, come to find out one of the teenagers uh, was pretty good friends with my sister I, it was in the town I lived in um, they went to high school together and uh, so that was a, a little traumatic for a few weeks of dealing with, with what had happened there. And the department was fairly progressive for a small town department. They did the whole CISD thing and kind of helped mm -hmm. us all through, through what had been the worst fire tragedy in that town's history. And uh, somehow the, the, it didn't affect me like I thought it would. It was... I was able to kind of shrug it off, like, hey, I didn't light the fire. I just was in there doing my best to put it out and did what we could. And uh, 
you know, I would have loved to have a better uh, outcome, but that's what it was. So I kind of decided that I'm going to stick with this. It, it was still a hell of an adrenaline rush, and, and uh, I wanted to make sure that we could avoid something like that in the future. So, Yeah, that's, that's an incredible first fire. I mean, you pretty much got all the check boxes yeah. down on that one. It sucked, but it was fun, too. I, mean, I know. Like, who wants to follow this yeah, act up, everybody? Yeah, out. <laughs> I, I know I've got nothing. So, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, sorry. And Val is known as an effective heat shield for other firefighters. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I burned all my sensory nerves away from that one because I, I don't feel the heat like other people. Apparently, I don't like to use him. You're standing, stand in front of the guy with the nozzle so he can put the fire out. That's that's my new job. Hey, it's. It's a job. It's a job. They give me something to do. Yeah. That's good. There's got to be somebody to step up to that plate and, you know, yep, yep. heavy is the crown, as they say. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brock, what about you? What was your first fire? Uh, so before I got on with Salt Lake City Fire, I was actually a wildland guy for five years. Oh, all right. That's a little bit of a different... Yeah, different aspect. It was super fun, though. It was my first, like, actual real job and my first fire that I was on, and it was crazy. I didn't really know what I signed up to do until I was out in Vernon, Utah. Out this in the, is hard. Out in the desert heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was really hard. Well, and it was funny, too, because we go out there, and it's, you know, an hour or two drive, and you're in this buggy thing, and the windows are super small, so I couldn't really see what was going on. And all of a sudden, the guy in charge is like, all right, we're here get out and so I get out and all of a sudden it's just it's just black for acres and acres and huge smoke everywhere and helicopter coming in taking water out of a pumpkin right next to our rig and it was super cool I've it was a lot of fire uh, nothing super crazy happened but it was definitely an eye-opener experience sorry <laughs> yeah but it's got to be like I mean because I didn't do any wildland fire fighting because we just don't do that in New York. We're like, hey, if the woods are on fire, great. Yeah. <laughs> we're here by the house when it comes to us. Yeah. We're, yeah. But uh, the, the training had to be, you know, like there's a, I think in all of our training there's a preparation phase that can wildland mm-hmm. fire training really prepare you for going up against an actual forest that's on fire? Um, I don't know, kind of. Uh, for me, there's like a, a lot of visual. So when you're like reading out of a book, it's like you learn Mm-hmm. what a crown fire is and you learn what a smoldering fire is but you don't really know until all of a sudden you're in a crown fire and the flames are 20 feet above your head and you're just like oh man i'm in some deep uh crap right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so i don't know it was just it was an eye-opening experience and i got i got hooked pretty quickly and that's why i got stuck with it did you have some good senior uh people on your crew a lot of good senior people on my crew a lot of good senior and the crew I was with a lot of them were trying to get hired on the structure side mm-hmm. and so um, I was trying to get hired here but they only do a test every two years and so I just kind of stuck with the wildland stuff until I got hired here and now that I'm here it's freaking awesome nice Wait, now I'm glad that wildland stuff's behind me <laughs> <laughs> salty. what was uh what, what was your first fire here with Salt Lake first uh, fire here in Salt Lake was in Sugar House I was gonna say is that happened yet yeah, is that, is that station 13? Yeah, fire is first day here, actually. Oh, yeah. I, that, one, that was a fun one, too. That was really fun. 
first, uh, is it, yeah, Station 13, it was uh, me and Rocky Calamophony in the back, and the fire was not even a minute from the station, and uh, it sounded pretty legit coming in, and it was, it's really fun racing to get on your stuff on as, as fast as you can, and I beat Rocky to the nozzle, and I was super proud of that, because <laughs> he's, if Rocky, he's big, big guy, and uh, he's pretty intimidating. Or someone like me. Just throw me on his shoulders. And, <laughs> and, and still been fine. Yeah. And it was just a room contents fire in the kitchen. <laughs> typical sugar house home. Uh, went in from the Delta side. Uh, opened, the door was already open from the kid that was home alone with his brother and sister. And a coffee maker or something was left on the oven. I can't remember. And the whole kitchen was on fire. And so we just opened it right in. And I sprayed water for maybe like 15, 20 seconds and it was out. And like all my adrenaline and everything was just kind of like, oh man, that was super cool and and it's over. <laughs> you wouldn't say it was a disappointing 30 seconds, but it no. definitely, uh... yeah. It was, it was short-lived for sure. <laughs> and then uh, put the fire out, um, continue to surge, rescue the dog. And it was over before I knew it. It happened really fast. Did anybody put you in for uh, an award from PETA? No. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. yeah. Keep no. that in mind, guys, because they, they'll, they'll, they'll give you a nice letter saying thanks for rocking it out for the animals. <laughs> Get you some vegan chocolate. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Save the cat. You did. Yeah. <laughs> or a seed. Yeah. Stepped on it first. Cat, what about? On purpose or accident? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first fire was I was with a smaller apartment before I came here. Mm -hmm. Just barely finished our recruit school and became certified as a firefighter. It was a very abbreviated, quick fire school. Never actually saw fire during that school. Oh, wow. Not once. Never put water on a fire ever in that school. And then I started. First day, first call, just right, we just barely finished checks and we got a basement fire call. And my partner wasn't exactly the uh, fittest of the group. And we were by ourselves. We, we were just a couple minutes from the station and we were there by ourselves for quite a while. We get, we pull a line. I, I'm amazed that I even put my stuff on right. <laughs> got inside and it's just smokier, can't see anything. We complete a search, can't find the fire, can't find the way down to the fire at all. And then uh, we finally get a little bit of ventilation going and we, can, we find the stairway. And we're halfway down the stairs, I can see the fire and my partner runs out of air. And so <laughs> I, you, your partner loses air, you go out with them. So I start to turn around to go out with him and we haven't even got to the fire yet to put water on it. And then this big hand of us, one of our senior guys that was a medic that came on a squad, Ferguson, puts his arm on my hand on my shoulder and says, sorry, Boot, you're staying with me. And his partner goes out with my partner and we go down and put out the fire and had a blast. Awesome. That was a fun day. I almost missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like uh, Val and Channing, I started somewhere else. Um, a smaller department up north, and we also didn't have like uh, a recruit class like Salt Lake City does, where you 
learn a lot and a lot of hands-on. So my first fire was, I learned a lot on the job because I hadn't seen any fire yet. So we went to a, a commercial, it was a commercial fire, um, chopped up like a strip mall, but it was old construction, so it was conventional, plenty of time. And so I'm new, I go in with some more senior guys. And what was cool about it was um, we just knelt there and watched like um, roll over, just watched, watched the snakes along the ceiling. And it was just cool because, you know, I was getting an education and we start looking through the fire and we can't find it. Like, okay, uh, there's some stairs. And I remember I'm on the stairs, I'm like, God damn, my feet are so hot. And then it clicked, there's fire beneath us. And then, <laughs> right then is when it comes through the stairs. And that's uh, not a good feeling. And it wasn't like really venting up the stairs like you'd think, you know, like a chimney. Right. Um, we weren't going through just a ton of heat. I just remember my feet were really hot. But other than that, I mean, that was my first fire, and I went, like, through three bottles. And it was kind of, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I had a good time, and, and I learned a lot. You know, really, ideally, you should know that stuff before right, yeah. you encounter it, not figure it out as you're doing it. But that's just the way it is. I, I, I think it's, I mean... It kind of blows my mind a little bit that you had that recruit school or you know whatever they call it you know for you that there was no actual like hey we're going to bring you into like a live burn building just to get you a little bit of yeah i well i think a lot for the the smaller departments is the financial resources to mm-hmm. be able to fund that kind of training you know what i mean because you know up north they didn't really have they didn't have access to a, a training tower per right. se and so I think it's mostly funding and, you know, and and I literally learned in three months here in recruit class more than six years at the other department that I left full time. I mean, they did what the best they could with what they had, but, but that's just the difference when you're saturated in a, a really aggressive recruit class. Yeah, bud. So like these guys, I started at a different department up north, a smaller one, and uh, the fire was, uh, we were the first in, it was a three-handed engine, I was the, um, the firefighter, and we pull up and there was, it was a three-story apartment structure, and all three floors of this one section was, um, I guess, of, of one unit I, you could say anyways it was all three floors were on fire so um i jumped out i grabbed the um grabbed the hose and i started putting water on it and then our ambulance showed up with two more guys and as i was putting out fire and the ambulance showed up our officer was doing a 360 and he comes and grabs me and says give the hose to him to one of the ambulance guys and he says there's a family on a balcony we got to go get them so me and my captain we went up to the third floor because we didn't have we only had a 24 foot ladder on our engine and so we went up to the third floor and they had left their door open so there they were two i think two 
doors down from the fire unit and um, they left their door open and they were out on their balcony and so their apartment was just full of smoke and it was a young mom and dad and um, probably a little six to you know one year old baby and so um, our ladder was our ladder truck was um, they were not on scene they were a little ways away and so my captain said well we can wait for them or we can just take them down and so my captain grabbed the baby and uh, opened his jacket a little bit put the baby in his jacket and it, it went him and then the dad and the mom and then me and we just kind of went out and um, helped them get out of the building and then afterwards went and changed our bottles and went and continued searching the rest of the units so yeah, yeah, it's a. You you didn't you didn't beat him. But no, you like, <laughs> nominate you. Yeah, your people not, live. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's you know. I mean, everybody here's got some pretty like decent first fires here. I mean, good lord, I think I went on food on the stove like three or four times before I was like, what's going on? That was Mine was. Uh, I also worked. I worked part time for kind of the other big department in the state. And they had recently acquired a small little town that had been doing their own thing. So it was, it was an unusual staffing situation out there. So there was three, three of us that usually just run in an ambulance out of this station. But it's kind mm -hmm. of like if there's a fire in, in that area, then we jump over on the engine that's fairly old and, and worn out. So anyway, that's what it, it came in as a fire. And so the three of us jump on this thing that we don't know if it's going to start. And, I mean, it was it was pretty cut and dry, you know, room and contents, kitchen fire. But I just remember, you know, first fire ever. I'm a couple a couple months on as a part timer even, and you know, we get we go in the in the house and it's super smoky and and you can't, you can't see anything. We're trying to crawl over furniture or couch and there's a mattress on the ground for some reason. And so anyway, you get to where you see the glow and you're like, oh, it's fire and once you put it out and they vented it pretty quick and it's like oh that was tiny you know filled the whole comp the whole room with smoke to where we couldn't see anything but it turned out to be a pretty pretty small fire but you know it's always your first time and you're super amped up and it's awesome yeah anyway <laughs> not much to tell otherwise so <clears throat> my first fire was on engine one and it was a dumpster threatening structure and when we arrived, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Engine eight, two-handed engine eight, had beat us. They were where were you? We like our, our medics were going to Salt Lake Regional, and we we're out to pick them up. Yeah, <laughs> and we heard the address, and we looked over our shoulder, and we went around the block, came oh. in and deck gunned it. We stole it. It was our first time. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> you can't just sit there with your hand, not in my house. <laughs> it was in their district, too. Oh, oh that's awesome. great. Yeah. Talk about sitting on a call. That's awesome. Want to tell another one? You win. You win. What was your first fire that you were like in on the line and like? So was that the time we put that fire out for you too? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> we put out fire today. Um, no, like uh, it, was, it was probably I remember a, an apartment just room of contents. In fact, it was just a mattress fire. 
Mm -hmm. But we got the forest entry in the, on, in the door. We, we got in and there was a lot of smoke and I, I had a captain fox. He's a captain of Tung Chi Fox now. Awesome. Um, and booked it with my partner. But we go in, there's a lot of smoke and Fox says, Stevens, get the window. So my instinct was, I got the halligan. I just go running to the window. Like, and he's like, no, like just, just open it. You don't have to break it. But it was that, <laughs> that adrenaline and the excitement, you know, like I heard, get the window. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, but yeah. Anyway, uh, it opened fine. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing super exciting. When it, when then they came and put their fire out. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I had started in the city of Poughkeepsie, um, we had gone to a second alarm fire on Parker Avenue, and it's actually it was pretty cool because there were these uh, two houses that were simultaneously set on fire. Meanwhile, the 911 center is taking phone calls for this house is on fire, and they're like, "No, the fire department's there. We've sent them." And finally, some like we got to listen to the dispatch tape. I was like, "Hey, I know you all said the fire department's there, but I'm looking at them." And they're down the street. There's a whole nother house on fire. So they like, relayed the message to the chief, and he looked down the street and said, oh. And by this point, it was blowing into the street. And he's like, yeah, we'll need another second alarm. So we had gone into this house with uh, some mutual aid companies, and there was a captain from another company there. And we were going to start opening up because we were on, I was on a truck at the time. So I'm like, hey, we'll start taking these windows. And he's like, hold on, guys, hold on. Like, maybe we can open these. Like, do you, who told you to pop these windows out? And we were like, nobody. And uh, he's like, well, let me go check. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think one of the lieutenants is down the hallway. Go check with him. And I remember going out of the room and my partner closing the door and then putting, like, a chair up. And then we just started working windows out. Nice. So, but yeah, it's uh, – did you eventually get to smash some windows, I hope? Um, I didn't smash windows in that particular one. So. But eventually. That's why I became a truckie, yeah. so I can smash things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always say it's like the knuckle dragon engine guys, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> truck work, smash that. Thank you. Right. Friction lost everything else, right? Um, so does anybody have any, th any time that they were in a, in, a, in a fire that they were just like, wow, like this was not, maybe not like a close call, but just it was the real deal. Like. Uh, anything that comes off the top of your head of like something that you're just like you learned something incredible about um or just it was like this light bulb went off and you're like holy shit this was this could have gone sideways pretty quickly i, I had one with gary welsh who's a captain used to be a captain here he passed away a couple years ago super great guy but uh, we had a uh, he was a 500 gallon propane tank venting that was uh, actually a uh, forklift that hit a natural gas line on a building next to it and sparked off so that natural gas line is blowing on the 500 gallon tank heating it up and it's the relief valve is already blown and it's shooting you know 75 to 100 feet of, you know, up in the sky of flames mm -hmm. and howling like a banshee and uh, we got sent in to go try to get some water on it cool that tank down and so guys could go shut the natural gas off and I remember just hearing that high pitch screaming getting louder and louder and louder and i look over at gary and, and he looks at me this, with the same look like this could be it you know this we, we may get close to it before it goes it may blab you right now who knows but if it does we're toast so let's let's just keep going you know and that was the, i just thought oh crap you know? yeah i'm walking to my death right here but it, obviously i probably over dramatized it but 
Um, yeah, because once we got water in it, it you know did did what it does and cooled down. But well, I think anytime those relief valves and stuff kick off, though, it does, I oh, mean that man. Like, I scared I was the dead. Jesus out of me. Yep. That it reminds me of. Uh, in Black Hawk Down, that one sergeant that was walking back and forth, if you watched the movie, yeah. and you like talk to him in real life, and like, hey man, what was your deal? Like, How were you so calm under fire? And he just thought he was going to die. So he's like, I might as well take my time. No sense in running. <laughs> like, like, die out of breath, right? Yeah. Right. Anybody else got anything from the, the, the years that was kind of a crazy experience or something that just, you know... Goodness, we've been in a lot of crazy fires. I don't know if anyone's particular stands up. My partner, Arnie, wherever he's hiding right now, we've been in some pretty amazing hot fires that have scared the bejesus out of us. That I don't know how we got out of certain situations. We're just so hot and melted and just got a little out of control before we got it in control. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I don't know if there's a specific situation I'm going to remember it all without Arnie. Oh yeah, we did. We talked about this. <laughs> there we go. We were going down this basement stairway once. I hope the mic picked that up. Yeah, that would be hilarious. So <laughs> it, it, it was so hot down going down there. and we, It took us a while again to find the, the fire door and we were going down the stairway and it was just burning out of control below us. We can see it. And Arnie's putting some, and it's, it was fine behind us, no fire at all behind us. Mm-hmm. And then Arnie opens it up and then fire comes up from behind me out of the walls. And it was so hot. It was horribly hot. And once the fire came out of the wall behind me, I pushed Arnie down the foot to, we're going down those stairs. <laughs> and I'm going, it's hot down here. Quit pushing me in the back. I'm burning up. <laughs> but the fire was coming up behind us, and nobody was around. And I just kept pushing it. I figured we either had to put the fire out or we were in trouble. And we ended up putting the fire out. It scared us, and we were all melted after that. That was a scary fire. But he took most of the heat because I pushed yeah, him into it. I was the heat it. shield. We, we compared helmets after, and, and mine took the brunt of the heat. And his, his looked fine because I blocked it. it mm-hmm. Actually, it cracked. I had it retired after that fire. I still have it on my wall at home. But that it was scary. That was one where I think we both were, we'd been trying to search. We couldn't see a thing. And we, we finally found the place down to the basement, the door, and once we got going in it it was just super hot and i i can remember thinking this could be the one mm-hmm. this could be it but like i said chatting yeah, behind me i was putting fire out Medical and then when he started pushing me down and i'm like okay we're going Apartment down <laughs> and we just got down there and, and came out and high five and thinking, that was cool but man that could have been bad <laughs> yeah yeah we were freaking out for a little on the stairway i was yeah but it was after we got down through it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was, it was <laughs> what it we was out. is what we like doing. Oh yeah. Any anything for you guys is like you know all, all the senior people here that um, you want to like impress upon you know the, the next generation coming in with like you know the stuff that you've seen in your careers or how the, if the job's changing at all culturally or anything that you want to see 
from your experiences, I get kind of like the, the whole uh, thought process of leaving the department better than you found it. Hmm. I think our station's pretty good at, at maintaining the uh, aggressive interior, get in there, get the job done attitude. Mm-hmm. We're being smart at the same time. Of course, yeah. We're not going to go jump right into a, a, a daylight basement and melt yourselves. Uh, <laughs> I learned my lesson. But, <laughs> no. But I, you hear, you know, new, new trends in the fire service and, and sometimes I scoff at some of the stuff, but then we try to be progressive as well and, and take take the good and the bad and weigh it out and we'll use what, what's good and, and throw out what's, what doesn't, you know, make any sense to us. And the same thing goes for, like, on the medical side. We're, we've been really progressive with, uh, with the, how we handle cardiac arrests and, and everything else. In fact, leading the nation, you know, in, in saves for a while. That was, and I think we're still right up there. Um, I, I hate to see that mentality change, you know. You see, see new people that, that don't want to do as much, don't want to be as aggressive or proud of, of the fact that they're getting in there and, and fighting the, the way we, used to be done and uh, so I think like I said our station is, has a good reputation for keeping maintaining that and I think in several of the stations in Salt Lake City Salt Lake City is kind of one of the holdouts here in the in the state for for being kind of that old school get in there and get it done um, firefighting and and yet we are progressive we are you know still by far you know a, leaps and bounds above some of the departments not not anything against them it's just that we have a program in place that is is creating this and maintaining that mentality so when there's it seems like there's this uh like you know just between the, the two captains here you know and, and the rest of you that there's this uh experience that goes with it so i know a lot of times and you know i think i've seen in my career a lack of experience will give you a lack or uh, a lack of experience is an increase in fear and then they'll really latch on to those policies or those new technologies without any thought, just kind of setting it as gospel. Yeah. And then they're like, you cannot. I mean, there was a case over in Virginia where the uh, department has taken hitting it hard from the yard and transitional attack to a whole other extreme where there was somebody reported trapped inside and they almost got into fisticuffs with somebody on a front lawn. And then that, as, after the conclusion of the fire, if they would have just opened the door, that's where the victim was. And, you know, it's like that. So I, it, that's what I get afraid of. Yeah. Personally, yeah. is that that's going to happen in the fire service because that's always our, our, our gig is to get a line in between people and unprotected, you know, yeah. people yeah. in the fire. So, we, we've heard stories of other departments that have these different rules like if it's a basement fire, regardless, you don't go in, it, you know, it's then you fight it defensively because, oh, you don't want to go downstairs, that's the chimney, you're going to get hurt. Or if and, there's nobody, if there's nobody in there, you do not go in, at yeah, all. yeah, and, and mm-hmm. how do you know? You know, we especially in Salt Lake City, we have abandoned vacant homes all the time, and there's people in them. So, you know, how would we know? So we we think every life is valuable. We got to go try to find if somebody's in there. So, yeah, I think one of the things too, um, we get a lot of retired guys. One of our former chiefs likes to come by and talk with us a lot. And one of the things he mentions about at least our station and our crew is. We're like the old times where we used to do, or we do a lot of stuff off the job with each other. And I think our camaraderie, we're, we're a very close crew. And there's a lot of crews like that in our department. And I think that's one of the things that 
I learned, especially from my, you know, the older guys that I worked with when I was a boot, is, uh, you know, you're there, you're a family, and you do, we do a lot of things together. So when we go on fires, invite me to go snowboarding. Yes. Yeah. When we go on fires or go on these big medical calls or traffic accidents, yeah, we all know what each other's going to do because we know each other and not just on the job but off the job. What are you laughing? At? Oh, let's keep on fire. Truck eight. Yes. Citizen Assist. Nineteen ninety two South two hundred E. Apartment B one hundred four. Truck eight. Citizen Assist. Go help. See, they had a colleague. Nice meeting you guys. Apartment B one hundred four. Code fifty three Alpha. You're not here, Genesis. Yeah. Frequent flyer. I started documenting my reports high frequency user and uh, it got a memo. So it was, we do not need to put into the report that this is a high frequency user. <laughs> I was like, but that's what Los Angeles is calling it. Yeah. It's got to be politically correct yeah. if they're doing it right. Oh. That's uh, all I can say now that we're got the truck guys out, you know, the conversation can get elevated a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no. you know, <laughs> move so move past the smashing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of the millennials are gone. So well, interesting fact, his dad was a captain here as well. So he was my one of my first captains. Mm -hmm. What's that? What's that like for you? Working here? Yeah. Awesome. I mean, so I'm, I'm just finishing paramedic school right now, and I tried to very objectively look at it and say, why do I want to go to this station? Is it because dad was there for 10 years? Well, yes, but we get a lot of good a lot of good calls here, a lot of good fires, as you heard. Like, yeah. It's a great place to learn, too. I, so, I want to come out and take the test and just right. work with him. Exactly. He attracts. <laughs> yeah. So. He'll protect you. Yeah, that's the other thing. Do you ever realize you feel the forearms of people that they like they kind of put their arms up against the bottle and then push it forward, or it might be. I, I, yeah, well, if you, if Trevor was here, that's my normal partner. He's a pretty good guy, so he he would just move me where he wants me. Yeah, get over here. Okay. I've watched it happen too. Yeah. I've, you know, like at that that uh, shed behind Trevor's, and that thing was putting off a ton of radiant heat, and I'm watching Trevor behind you. Well, I was backing him up. And he said it's really hot, and I thought, well, I'll just come over here for a minute and stand like that, and it works. So I just deflected it, and then afterwards I kind of. It is hot. <laughs> and he always goes like bright, bright red. Kind of like and has to sit down. Yeah. We gotta pour okay. water over his head. I'm, I'm the same way. If I was like, I always say like, joke, the joke is I'll sweat if I look at work, but I got a, I start getting a, you know, a bottle or two, and then I come out and I'm just beat red in the face, and yeah. people get all worried and they're like, you need to go rehab, Mike. You need to worry about you for right now. Yeah. Don't. I'm just fine. I'm fine. So with being at your your father's uh, house, you know, essentially, because he retired out of here, he retired from this department about ten years ago, and he went to work for another department actually, and he's retiring from that department or quitting from that department mm -hmm. uh, this upcoming week. So. Oh, oh really? Yeah, he's, oh. he's calling. It. Good now, him. Is there uh, like how much pressure did you have on yourself coming in here to like live up to your old man's name? 
I felt a lot on myself when I was, as soon as I rolled in, everyone was like, look, we know your dad, we know you're not your dad. He was here at the end of his career, you're here as a boot. Like, they tried to, I feel like they tried to kind of calm me down a little bit. So, All right. I, I don't know, I feel a lot of pressure to live up to his name, though, not just because he was awesome and everyone loves him. Well, that is why, but, you know, it's not like everyone's like, oh, you need to be as good as your dad. Like, I don't get that at all, but I don't want to tarnish the, the name. definitely have to see the picture back there yeah yeah i'll, I'll tell you the story <laughs> what's the story or you, you can't tell me the story oh no it's right. so it was it was what two two or three weeks before i was going to be moving on from yep. with you yeah, guys yeah. and and we went on we went on a fire and it was like half an hour after becky had made us this incredible mexican meal and you're welcome it was delicious and, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, times. It's just like here it's just yeah there, I'm a boo, so I'm running around as hard as I can, trying to hustle, and it wasn't a crazy fire even. I think I was it's on, like, search or whatever. That was the one at the Georgian, I think. No, 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 no we're talking about the Southwest. This oh, was yeah. the second was fire of the day. I got it mixed up. Yeah, so that one was, like, garage. a really nothing little fire. Yeah, detached garage with no yeah. exposures, and I literally yeah. could have been put out on tank water. <laughs> So anyway, I think I was just so amped up and trying to hustle so hard and, you know, late afternoon, evening in August, so it was hot. So anyway, I, I overheated and I ended up, I ended up puking in the, the, uh, storm drain. Storm drain. Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm and there, these guys got an, an awesome picture of support for me. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I did see you roll up a five inch, a hundred feet of five inch, and carry it back to the engine. You didn't drag it; you picked it up and carried it back to the engine. And then right afterwards, you got a little gassed. And, and the yeah. cool thing is, is he found the storm drain to vomit in, so it was even better. Yeah, yeah. He was I tried to kind of sidle away before people could see anything, yeah. and I didn't want evidence laying on the ground. So. Here's the thing about I did you: what I could, you're a loud puker because. I wasn't even by you, and I heard this noise, and I thought it was the snarling pit bull that had been in the front yard that was coming to attack me. And so I swing around like, oh, my God, I'm going to die, and it's him barking his guts up. And we had, he's vomiting in the gutter, and we had guys posing by him, and I take a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Memories. So I go home and tell, I call my parents and tell them, and my mom's like, oh, you poor thing. And my dad's like, good job. I, I tell them about the picture, and my dad's like, you're good. You're in with them now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then what, two rounds later or something, two weeks later or whatever, we went on another fire, and similar, similar thing happened. That is amazing. Can I, take, can I take a picture of that? This, has, this is broken you can be famous. Times. Well, you can't see who you are. Yeah, see, it doesn't work. Oh, there. <laughs> Imagine a snarling pit bull is really what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, we're going to put a picture up on this podcast so you can see what they're talking about. The story, it's great. <laughs> that's love. That's how, that's what, that, I mean, essentially, that's what the fire service is. Exactly. So. Yep, right there. You know, good job. We're going to capture your first moment as you're vomiting into a drain. 
I like that. I would never think to go into a storm drain. I would never have the forethought to be like, I don't want to leave evidence around. Like, I would just be like, there's going to be evidence everywhere. <laughs> I mean, like, I knew it was inevitable. The less ammunition you can give these guys, mm-hmm. the better. So I try yeah. to make it as discreet and as possible. Somebody should have given you the key to the city that day for that one. I mean, that's... It's <laughs> lucky the health department wasn't called. Yeah. Yeah, now it's a hazmat. Yeah. Over five gallons of hazmat. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot. I have a full stomach. So. <laughs> but yeah. And then a similar event happened about two weeks later. Um, <laughs> that one was that actual fire. That, that was a big fire. Okay. That was, that was a ripping, awesome yeah. fire. What was, what was that fire all about? Same thing. I think it was just hot and still... End of the night, same thing, you know, nine, nine o'clock. July so. 4th, three-story yeah. apartment building. Non-combustible. Yeah, big brick. Yeah. It retains a ton of heat. Oh, it was hot in there. Yeah. Yeah. So me and Trees my... were going to. Yeah. Been on the third, started on the third yeah, floor. Yeah, people have been jumping out windows out. from the third floor and stuff. So. so this really isn't the same thing. Before a detached garage, uh, no, th- this seems... Fire, this one, he was working his butt off. Yeah, this way. I mean, this sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, but yeah, they were on, on the nozzle. He has a predisposition to <laughs> puking whenever he gets a little work. A little work. Yeah, so me and Johnny, <laughs> we'd had to break in a couple doors and we were working hard. And, and uh, didn't end well. So. We didn't get a picture of that one. Yeah. No, he got whisked away. Yeah, our lieutenant chief kind of got chunky. So. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. He didn't come back to the station and get an IV and some tender loving care. He got whisked away. Yeah. So. I'm fine though. <laughs> We don't know that. We said we yeah, would sign his that's, bid. That's real until, subjective, I mean. Until he can work a fire without puking. We're not signing oh, his I've, bid. I've been on several fires. Been on we haven't fires. witnessed it. Not with this crew, but. <laughs> but yeah. We're going to do all we can to make you puke on the next fire we get. I'm just, sure you just, will. <laughs> I was going to say, like, now I, I, I'm, I'm really going to just apologize, because if you run a job tonight and throw up because it's right after dinner or something, I feel like I've, I've bought this jinx onto you. I bring it on myself. It's fine. By the way, have some more uh, curry. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. I say. Uh, so now you're all assigned on the engine permanently, or do you guys rotate positions here? Yeah, my bids. I'm on the engine. Yeah, I'll, I have the engine bid as the well. The three of us are engines, and he will hopefully have a swing yeah. engine bid soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once he's done with paramedic school, and he can see the writing on the walls, yeah. kind of thing. I think I spent six years on the engine and then or on the truck and then moved to the engine went through primary school kind of his same route and uh, been on the engine since so you've been on this engine since this engine yeah I was stuck with this I was at threes for a year and then oh, okay. right out of paramedic school but then came right back here too much fun here any, so any, any hurdles that anybody's had to overcome in their career at all as far as like anything just it's very general to say that but like kind of did um, up north at that smaller department that I started at. Um, I was the first female firefighter there and there were guys threatening to quit if they hired me. But huh. uh, nice. no follow through. Right. Huh. And uh, so that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, it, it, it has sucked up there as far as 
like guys will people will say something inappropriate and I just thought well that guy's kind of jerk and I just thought okay I'll stow that away and then other guys that liked me would on my behalf make a complaint and this has happened multiple times up there and then that person gets in trouble but they probably just assumed that it was me you know and then had that well that's why we shouldn't have women in the fire service dialogue going and so that was i mean that was over 20 years ago and so it's changed a lot but that was definitely a hurdle that i had was just i wish people would let me handle things my way Mm-hmm. which I'm kind of a straight shooter. Everyone knows that I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Yeah, I've picked that up in the brief time that we've been yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to like write it down or record it or anything like that and go behind your back when I tell you how it is. Yeah, I just don't see you beating around the bush much. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Yeah, so that was kind of a hurdle. And so when I got here, um, you know, a lot of women had paved the way for me. So it was just awesome to be here um you know when we don't have very many women here i've never seen it be over eight on on the department how many people are in the department 340 okay and eight women you know and some will retire or whatever and then some more will come on but we can't seem to break that barrier of eight Hmm. so yeah interesting but yeah it's awesome here as far do you, being female. Do you think that um, where you worked previously, like your presence there had helped? Like, has there been anybody, has there been other females since you've been, oh, yeah. been there? Yeah. So yeah, in, in some way, do you think it, you've... There's as many women there on a small department, a fraction of the size that there are here mm-hmm. at Salt Lake City. So kind of interesting. Yeah. But, you know, the physical demands of recruit class has a tendency to wash women out. There's a... Uh, a, a female firefighter in Prince George's County and she is awesome uh once she's in in great shape she had like a a a transformation of her her lifestyle to become healthier but um anybody who wants to be on the job especially females like she's you know she puts herself out there to to help and get on and pass the CPAT test and stuff and she's like like whenever I look at Anna I'm like that that girl's a role model for people because she's like because I you know I think there's there's on anybody coming in the department it doesn't have to like doesn't matter if you're male female or, or you're undecided there are people who come in and just kind of try to skate their way through it, and there's people who put the work in and she's all about getting those people in there that want to put the work in and get them in there so um hey but uh, visitors yeah but yeah that's that's awesome I mean, it's not awesome you had to go through all that bullshit but like yeah to, to kind of yeah. know that if you 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 know you paved the way for other people to get a career out of it, and that's 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 good. Yeah, it was just it was difficult, mm-hmm. very trying. Yeah. So. When I had started in Poughkeepsie, the first female firefighter was uh was working. Her name was Maureen, and she had worked as a police officer beforehand. So like, I mean, she was tough as nails. She still is. I mean, I wouldn't want to go up against her in a dark alley at all. Um, and uh, like it was people were real nervous I think and she kind of laid out the rules and was like hey listen I'm not here to, to jam anybody up like it's not you know you don't have to like you said didn't have to go diamond anybody in or anything like that and it's just uh, yeah so. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, everyone's favorite engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody. Our favorite <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everyone here. Okay, there we go. And your engineer spot, you're strictly driving the, the rig all the time? Yeah. Okay. Well, and I will bump over to the truck sometimes, but really that's kind of my baby right there. <laughs> I like to think I take good care of it, and I threaten people that don't. Mm-hmm. Now, as all the members of the station, do you have the most seniority as, a, as oh, engineers? Or? Oh, no. Scott has more seniority than I do. He's off today. He's the truck engineer. So, yeah. But what? Between the three platoons, you aren't you up there? I'm up there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So as somebody who's as senior as you are in a position as the engineer, like any advice? Because I mean, that's a, you're a pretty critical position, and at least it made for you know as an officer, like my senior man goes away on Thursday, and I'm gonna I'm shitting bricks over here because <laughs> that guy knows the district. Like he and he not only does he know the district, but he tells me useless information that comes up and like he's like hey when you go on the back door of this building old man Pickett and I were back there in 72 and it's a three step and then a two step and you're gonna trip and I'm like what are you talking about like, only my memory but, of that good. you know but like you know he knows the hydrants he knows the flows he yeah. knows which way to approach scenes just based on hydrant locations and like you have like uh, you know for people that are out there who are you know coming up onto that position for the first time any advice or things that you want to see in a good engineer I tell the guys that, like these guys want to train with me all the time. They'll come out while I'm doing checks. And and um, my advice is um, do what you wished other engineers had done for you. And what I mean by that is, is I've been on a nozzle before way too much pressure getting jacked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on a hose line dragging it through tight quarters with too much pressure and just working against the hose line. Um, so, you know, I give less pressure until I start seeing waters flowing and then I'll throttle up. I just, I try to make their job easier mm-hmm. um, by not doing what was done to me in the past, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and these guys, these guys know exactly what they're getting. Uh, from me we get they, to the front door and we know we've got water at the nozzle we don't even have to turn around and go all right charge the line she's even watching if I can't us see she knows. Them, yeah even if i can't see them like they they should be there by now i yeah. know these guys um so they know without asking when they're gonna get foam when they're not going to get foam because they know they already know they're getting it on a car fire a dumpster fire and an attic fire without ever asking and if I think it's a hazardous place, they're going to get a lot of foam. And I say a lot of foam like stalactites. <laughs> because because we know thing. that, yeah. you know, there are dirty needles everywhere. We don't want to have to go stir this detached garage up. So I'm going to just... Okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we don't have to go in. We already know it's smothered and we don't have to risk anybody's help getting stuck with the dirty needle. You run into pressed uh, air foam on the... No, it's it's an onboard okay. injector, but it's not. And she cranks the percentage up for the the right building or, or vehicle. Yeah, just... so you know they they mm-hmm. know what they're getting, but that's because I know them so well because we've been together for a long time. So. Oh, and I guess probably in some way there's a communication that's happening between everybody. 
that, that's kind of fostering that uh, result because really, if you didn't have that, you wouldn't, y'all wouldn't be working so well together. Yeah. There's a lot of unsaid communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is Everything, where we communicate. It's around the kitchen table. Yeah, everything's mm-hmm. been and said 10 years ago. So yeah. they just have worked together so much that they just know each other so well. It's amazing to watch them work. What's it like for you being a, a new guy in the department coming into that into that fold? It's intimidating. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I count myself lucky to, to be able to observe and glean as much as I can from from such senior senior people. Awesome. He's taken to it well too. He's, I think you know you've grown up around it, and yeah, heard st- stories from your dad who, like I said, was our boss, and so <laughs> you know it's uh, it's like you just kind of step right into to <laughs> knowing what you're doing. But we just today we had a pretty nasty wreck with a fatality and some you know pretty severe trauma. And he's a paramedic student, and you would you wouldn't know he was a student. He just stepped right into the role and and functioned really well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a while, so. But guess who got the blood on him? That's <laughs> the, engineer, yeah. the engineer. The engineer. The hardest working member of the department. <laughs> That's right. What was that? Yeah. That's the first time it's happened with us. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a frequency for all of you with the with the wrecks and everything. But even for myself, I'm like, you know, walking in the station, you guys are coming back. Not that it's a, a casualness, but like it's for me as somebody who's on the one the criminal influence and stress the briefing team and just been around the block once or twice, like. You can see the communication, like you know, because normally I, I think I probably see some other people come in and be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what we just have!" But like I said, you guys were coming in, you know, as professionals and, and really talking about it here, which is good because most people won't won't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's you learn that over the years too. You just the more you talk about it amongst people that understand what you're doing, the less you internalize and, and poison yourself with it. Or take home, and yeah, your yeah. family really isn't equipped to hear some of the stuff. Is that uh, as far as like the? Because I know we we had uh, Jeff Dill from the Firefighter Behavioral Health Alliance come out last year and talk about you know first responder suicide and things like that. Do you think uh, this department or the the folks out here in Utah is a little bit better with um, handling critical incident stress and and whatnot, or do you think it's still kind of this thing that we don't really like to talk about too much? I don't know. We've had a few departments around that we've had, you know, suicides yeah. and stuff, and it and yeah. it's always a, man, you know, why why did that happen? Well, yeah, we had our a station, member. We talk and we we on the department. We, we blow it out, but yeah, we did have a member that did that, and it, it took us all a little by surprise. I think, well, why didn't they have the same support group that we have? You know, they and, did. They decided not to utilize yeah. it. Yeah, well, that's and what I mean. Is like st- station wise, like our station, well, we're really good with each other. Yeah, and we are. Maybe some of the other stations aren't quite that open as we are. I mean, we talk about everything around here, so. Yeah. But I I think the department's really progressive. Yes. Because like, you know, recently um, I got stuck on a call, Dirty Needle, uh, and he was hep C positive. And the department was great because I had a lot of phone calls from like admin. Like, is there, you know, I heard about it. Are you okay? Is there anything you need? And you know, I'm from the medical division. And the battalion chief of the medical division, met, had, he met me for like some of the blood work and, and the union. Well, because a lot of the boards here, that was great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that we have great resources. Be, you know, our, our admin actually, I think they care. We have 
like you can look on that bulletin board behind you you know there we have resources it's whether we choose to use them yeah but I also think what you guys mentioned a little bit about your own station too is like this is very much a fan and the, and the key indicator for me here that walking in and not knowing anybody is having your family show, be able to show up and say hi to dad when he's at work I assume that's what's going on here yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All of a sudden, really got this wrong yeah. but um <laughs> but like that's you know you're you're involved with each other too and i think that's oh, a yeah. huge uh you know sometimes it, it it just kills me that it doesn't happen anymore in some firehouses it's yeah. just like that it is strange to me too we yeah. are we are really close like they had to that guy that mm-hmm. well he had intentionally um bent the needle at a 90 and had it in his pocket to hurt someone and it happened to be me. Someone was going to get stuck that that particular call. It just happened to be me. And they had security protect that guy from my crew at the hospital. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But no, they're awesome. And we already know that we have each other's backs on and off duty. And things have happened off duty and we're there for each other. And so, yeah. Yep. The thing is a family. Yeah. yeah, we all try to have each other's backs no matter what. So. Good. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. The truck crew just got back, so we don't want to <laughs> lower down it now. <laughs> uh, so this is Rob Ridley from National Fire Radio signing off from Station 8 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you, everybody, for having, a, uh, having us out here today. We really appreciate it, and we uh, hope you all stay safe, and everybody out there, stay safe, and we'll catch you all later. Thank you. <laughs>